Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. Take a Bible and uh, open it up, and turn with me over to Romans chapter 12. So we are going to get to Romans chapter 12 here in just a, just a couple minutes, um, eventually. We'll get to Romans chapter 12, but I want to go back into the Old Testament, and, sh- and this, this seems weird. I, I want to tell you about somebody in the Old Testament, but I don't want to preach a message about that person in the Old Testament. I want to share with you from Romans chapter 12. Um, if you don't have a Bible to open up to, and when you come together um, on Sunday morning, or when you're um, throughout the week, we want you to have a Bible. And so back at our Welcome Center, there are some Bibles that are free that we want you to just go out and grab one. If you want to go grab one now, there's somebody out there, you can grab one now, or if you want to grab one after the service, um, there's no charge. It's a nice leather Bible that's going to last you a long time. Uh, there, we've put them back there so that you can take them and get into the Word of God because the Word of God is significant in your relationship with Him. And so if you don't have a Bible to turn to Romans chapter 12, you can do one of two things. Download the app um, on the App Store, or um, you can pick up a free uh, copy of it back at the Welcome Center. Back in the Old Testament, stay in Romans 12, we'll get there. Back in the Old Testament, there was a guy by the name of Daniel. Daniel, uh, the Lord has been stirring up in me uh, for some weeks. In fact, I, I bought a book last night about Daniel because... I think the Lord is leading us as a congregation to do a study on Daniel's life and the significance of Daniel's uh, relationship with the Lord. And I think that that's where he's leading us. Um, but this morning, I don't, I don't want you to turn over to Daniel. We're not going to get there just yet, but I want to tell you about Daniel. Daniel, really, if, if we were to describe Daniel's life, Daniel had it made. He was living in his country that he was uh, from a very, very prominent family. And Daniel was a very, very prominent person. In the book of Daniel, chapter 1, we can see from the description given about Daniel is he was a young man who had no defect. Now, when I wake up and look in the mirror in the mornings, (laughs) um, I don't think that Daniel's reflection shines back at me sometimes. But this is what I want you to hear. The spiritual power that Daniel had, even though in his physical structure, the scripture says he had no defect, his spiritual power had no defect. And while we believe that we can have defects here on the earth, we can have that same spiritual stature that Daniel had of there being no defect in that. But Daniel was from this very prominent family. He really had it made. Um, he was going to be used by God in a very, very powerful way. But here's what happened to Daniel. Daniel was from a Jewish family, lived in a Jewish nation. They observed the law and walked in obedience with the Lord. 
But the Babylonians, which were um, really battling against the things of God, they came and they captured the land. And they took Daniel and other young men who were from prominent people who were capable of being prominent people with the Babylonians, and they took them captive and dragged Daniel and these others off to this foreign land. They were political and um, battle prisoners of war. So Daniel is dragged off to this land where they worship false gods, multiple gods. All Daniel had known growing up is worshiping the one true God. That was it. He lived his life in sacrifice, obedient to the law. He lived in relationship with the Lord. And, and his, um, his effort every day was to grow closer to God. That was Daniel. But now he's over here in a foreign land held captive where everything in this land is against everything that Daniel knew. And everything that the king does in this land contradicts how Daniel was raised in relationship with the one true God. So I want you to imagine what that would be like. You have the opportunity to live in freedom, in worshiping God. And someone comes and takes you captive and says, I don't want you to have that relationship with God anymore. There are a whole bunch of other gods that we want to introduce you to. And how you used to live your life for your 15 or 20 or so years, we now want you to do the opposite of those things. We want you, and this was one of the um, first things that Daniel encountered, we want you to eat this food that has been sacrificed to these false gods. Daniel wouldn't do it. We want you to bow down and we want you to worship to these false gods. And Daniel wouldn't do it. In the beginning of Daniel, stay in Romans, we'll get there. I'm just going to read one verse here. In the beginning of Daniel chapter 1, this is what it says about Daniel in verse 8. Listen, he's captive. He's no longer living in his homeland where he was free to worship the one true God. And this is what the scripture records about Daniel. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief officer for permission not to defile himself this way. This was a reason that Daniel could have been killed instantly. They were giving Daniel the prisoner of war. They were giving Daniel food that had been sacrificed to false gods, and Daniel said, please, please, don't make me eat that food. I like the way that this is translated in some other translations. I'll put these up on the screen for you. In the New Living Translation, this is what it says, but Daniel determined not to defile himself. Isn't that a great word? He determined he's not going to defile himself. In the King James, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart. But I like the American Standard Bible. This is what it says. Daniel made up his mind. Listen to me, church. You have to today make up your mind to walk in obedience to G with Jesus Christ. It's today. We've been on this journey for a number of weeks now, and we've been discussing um, our spiritual DNA. 
The things that we believe as a church are important so that we can be who God desired for us to be. And last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, we talked about hearing the voice of God and how important it is to know that we serve a God who speaks to us. Last week we talked about what it means to not only hear, but when God speaks, it requires obedience. And the, this past week, the Lord really stirred in me. We can't just say, okay, we're going to hear God and we're going to walk in obedience and doing what he says. There's another step that I think comes before we ever get to God actually speaking to us. And it is Daniel 1.8. You have to have the spirit, the same spirit of Daniel in you. You have to make up your mind. You cannot wait until the decision confronts you. You have to determine in your mind before the decision is ever even presented to you. That's what Daniel was living. Daniel was living a life in obedience with God. And long before he was held captain and taken into captivity in, in Babylon, he had already determined in his mind. He had already purposed in his heart. He had already made up his mind that nothing and no one was going to separate him from his relationship with God. And that's where I believe God wants to speak to us today. We think that whenever we live our lives waiting to hear from God, and then when we hear, we respond, and that response is our obedience. But long before God ever speaks, we have to make up our mind. And some of us, I believe, have been wrestling with not hearing from God. And some of us have been going back and forth, I'm not sure what God might be saying to me, or I'm not sure the direction that I go. You know what? God has been saying to me, He's waiting for you to make up your mind. And then when you make up your mind, then He's going to speak. Why would God want to speak to us if we haven't resolved in our heart, if we haven't determined, if we haven't purposed in our heart, if we have not made up our mind that we are going to do exactly what God says for us to do? We can sing songs that Pastor Jordan wrote an amazing song, A Better Way, that we sang this morning. And we can sing songs about this better way that He's leading us to. And we can get so wrapped up in the mess and the junk and the mire of life itself. We're praying for a better way and we're praying for a better way. And we're saying, God, if you'll just show me, if you'll just tell me what I need to do, I want to go in the better way and I want to go in the better way. But we get so stuck right here and we're wondering, do I walk away or do I stay? Or do I do this or do I do that? Or do I turn left or do I turn right? And God is saying, just make up your mind that you're going to be 100% all in to the things that I'm saying to you. Maybe God is not speaking because you haven't made up your mind. You have to go to Daniel 1.8 and you have to decide today. Today is the day that I'm going to make up my mind beyond a shadow of a doubt with zero bit of uncertainty. 100% God, I am all in to whatever it is that you are going to speak to me. I believe that God is waiting for the church in America to get to that place. And I believe that what is happening is that we are being led deeper and deeper the way that Daniel was into a spiritual Babylon. There is an attack from the enemy that is taking place. 
Some people are going to tell you it's the Republicans, and some people are going to tell you the Democrats. Some people are going to tell you it's all these other countries, and some people are going to tell you it's this person or that person. But let me tell you, it's the enemy. And the enemy wants you to be double-minded. And the enemy wants you to say, well, God, it's okay today, and you've only asked me to take one step today. But when you tell me two steps, two steps are hard. I can one step, but I can't two step. That was funny. Yeah, come on. I can't dance anyway. I'm Church of God. We don't do that, right? In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel determined in his mind, long before the decision confronted him, that nothing was going to separate him from his relationship with God. So that takes us to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, what we see is the spirit of sacrifice, the same spirit of walking in obedience that Daniel had all the way back in the Old Testament. And so now we fast forward quite a, quite a bit of time. Jesus has already come. God has already come in the flesh. He's, he's departed. He defeated and broke the chains of sin and bondage. He defeated not only the sin um, and, and the bondage, but he defeated the consequences of sin, which was death. And then he ascended to his throne on high. In fact, he said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, there you may be also. In essence, what he's saying is, I am not of Jesus, saying, I'm not abandoning you. And then we get to Paul. This is after Jesus has already gone to prepare a place for us. Paul is writing to a group of people that are living in a land that does not fully accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And in Romans chapter 12, Paul is saying, and we'll start, we'll start reading here in verse number 9. Paul is saying to the church, this is how you make up your mind to serve the Lord. Verse 9, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fever serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. What Paul is writing about here is how we have to act in relationship to Jesus Christ. And listen, if you don't make up your mind before these things confront you, the temptation of the enemy will always lead you deeper into captivity as opposed to the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ. And what Paul is writing to believers in Romans is saying that you may be in a place 
where you are the only one who is resolved that you are going to walk in obedience to your relationship with God. And if you are the only one, before you get to that place, you have to make up your mind. Paul discusses what it means to be double-minded. If we were to take a look at the revelation of Jesus in John's writing at the end of the Bible, Jesus is saying, as I do not want a church that is double-minded. I want a church that is either hot or cold. Because if you're cold, I can deal with you. If you're hot, you're on fire. But if you are right in the middle, and if you are lukewarm, he says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth because you're double-minded. Daniel was not double-minded. Paul is writing to a church and saying, make up your mind. This is how you live in relationship with God. You've got to make up your mind. And the reminder of what Paul is saying, if we were to take up um, the entirety of what Paul is, is saying here to the church, is you cannot live in God's promises and mess around with the devil. I, I want to say that again. Because some of us are like coming up to the edge of the stage here. And all of God's promises are right here on this stage. And we want to get as close as we can to the edge and messing around with the devil, but still stay in God's promises. Hey, that's the temptation of all of us. That was the temptation of Daniel. Daniel was hungry. He was held in captivity. And the enemy was giving him an opportunity to mess around with the devil and eat this meat that had been sacrificed to false gods. But Daniel had made up his mind that he was not going to do it. Because what Daniel was saying, in essence, through this, and you can read um, all of Daniel's writings, up, up to uh, all of this uh, um, preservation of history, up until about Daniel chapter 6, where we see a deeper dive in this. But what you can see in this is what Daniel is saying is, I'm not going to mess around with the devil. I am going to live in relationship with the one true God. Because he knew that you can't live in God's promises and mess around with the devil. It always, always, always leads you further away from God. Now, Daniel could have said, I'm so hungry. I can't eat the way that the law has told me to prepare this food. So what am I supposed to do, God? Am I just supposed to hang around here and die? There's food that's been provided to me. And what did Daniel need? He needed food. You know what we would do in our culture today? Do you know what we would do in the church that America has created today? We would say, we need food. And God has provided food. Who cares what other people did with it? I'm just going to give in just a little bit. And I'm going to eat this food because I need food. And if I don't get food, I'm going to die. That's messing around with the devil. And what happens is you take one step in messing around with the devil, and that leads to the next step. And then there's the next step, and the next step, and the next step. William in the office this week shared something that the Lord just put in my mind and won't take out. And we've all heard the analogy of throwing a frog in, in a pot of boiling water. You put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it's going to jump out of the pot of boiling water because it knows that the boiling water is way too much, and it's got to get out of that water. 
But if you were to put a frog in a pot of cold water and slowly turn up the heat, what happens is the frog does not know that the water is slowly getting hotter and hotter and hotter until it's going to boil. Because the frog does not have the capability of handling or of having a mind like Daniel. But you do. The frog will stay in a pot of water that slowly gets so hot until it dies. You have the capability of having a mind like Daniel. And it starts today in purposing in your heart, determining in your heart, making up your mind, despite what the enemy might give to you, how innocent and small that might be. You are not going to take the least little step or even the least little lean in to what the enemy is offering to you. And that's what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 12. Paul is saying, you've got to make up your mind. You've got to determine right now. Now listen, absolutely none of us are perfect. Not, not one of us. Not any of us are perfect. The only perfect one was Jesus Christ. None of us are perfect. The beauty, and we talked about this a little bit last week, the beauty about being in relationship with God is when there are times that we mess up or when there are times that we sin and we don't live with the mind of Daniel, God came to offer us grace. But what we have to do is when we do mess up, we have to then make up our mind again that we are going to get back in relationship with God and we are going to live under the grace of God. The grace of God is not a free pass to live in sin and eat the meat that's been sacrificed to idols. The grace of God is to live in holiness free from sin. And so in those times that we do find ourselves away from when we didn't make up our mind, and we do find ourselves um, over with the opportunity to eat the meat that's been sacrificed to idol, when God speaks to us and the Holy Spirit is draw, convicting us, we have to say, I've got to get out of this. The grace of God has given me the opportunity to walk away from that. I am making up my mind again that I am not going to go back and offer myself to the idols. The grace of God is free to every single one of us. And Paul in the book of Romans talks about God's grace and what it means to be in relationship with God and relationship with other believers who are people that are full of grace. I think I shared with you about a month ago, maybe, a, I'll tell you, I, the Sunday was, was um, January 24th, so a month and four days ago. Um, I remember that Sunday because it was our anniversary. Um, on that Sunday, the Lord clearly said to me, clearly said to me, and I shared with you, that Whitechapel, this place, is supposed to be a place of grace. So we're supposed to be the place where people can come so that they experience the grace of God. But we have to make sure for us to be a place of grace that we have made up our minds that we are going to live according to the principles that Paul has shared with us here in Romans chapter 12. We can never be a place of grace if we are over here eating meat sacrificed to idols and we're living contrary as living sacrifices to what Paul has laid out here in Romans chapter 12. 
The first time that we see the devil in all of history, the first time that we see the devil, the enemy, is in the Garden of Eden. He shows up, and what happens is he entices Adam and Eve with this fruit. And he says, why should you? You you can eat this. And then the thinking, I'm sure, is, well, God made it, right? God created the world. He created us. So isn't it right for us to be able to eat this fruit? And so the enemy is doing this luring of Adam and Eve, and he's slowly reeling them in. And you know what happened? You know what happened? In that moment, Adam and Eve forgot that they had made up their mind that they were going to keep walking in relationship with God. That they wanted to be close to the God who would come from the heavens and walk and talk with them in the Garden of Eden. They had it perfect, and they messed up. They messed up. They didn't make up in their mind that moment. If we were to take a look at King David, the enemy enticed David to number his soldiers. And God said, I don't want you to do that. You think, well, I just need to know how many soldiers we're going to have, right? Simple thing for David. If you're the king, you want to know how many soldiers you have. God said, I don't want you to go numbering your soldiers. David did the opposite of that. Because David did not make up his mind before that moment that he was going to uh, obediently walk in what God had said to him. Over and over and over, we see person after person throughout the Scripture that has been enticed by Satan because they did not make up their mind before the opportunity came to them that they were going to do whatever it was to live in obedience to God. Before God speaks... Before you respond to the things that God says to you, you have to make up your mind that you are going to be obedient to God. For every single one of us. For every single one of us this morning. I think that there are some things that the Holy Spirit may be dealing with us about as it comes to making up our mind. It might be easy for you to say, well, I've made up my mind on Sunday mornings. I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to church. That's just what we do on Sunday morning. With us, as a, for our family, that's what we do on Sunday mornings. That's, that's one of the things that we've made up our mind as a family, that we're just going to do that. There are some other things where we have made up our minds that we're, yep, we're just going to do this. Before the opportunity presents itself, we've made up our minds on some of these things. But I think that even for us, even for every single one of us, I think the Holy Spirit has probably been dealing with all of us about something that he wants us to make up our mind about. It's easy to walk away from something and not give it enough thought and study of what is it that God is saying to me and what is it that God wants me to be resolved about before that uh, opportunity confronts itself to me. We have to be like Daniel and having the mind of Daniel, that we make sure that we are making up our mind. What happened with Adam and Eve in the garden? What happened with David when he was numbering his troops? And we could go through a number of people in this. And every single one of them, what they were in essence saying is, I'm going to make my own decisions. I know what I ought to do. I know what the right thing to do is, but I think it's better to actually go this route. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, John says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared, listen to this. I shared this scripture a couple weeks ago. 
This is important for you to get. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came in the flesh, to destroy the works of the devil. And if you are trying to mess around with the devil, you're working against God. We want to get as close as we can to sin, but yet still live in the promises and provision of God. And what God is saying and what Paul is writing to us about is that sin is a power that needs to be broken and destroyed. And the only way that it was destroyed was through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if sin then is our master and it is blocking us from making up our mind in some areas of our life, then that master needs to be destroyed. The only way that it can be destroyed is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he does. And the way that he does that is with his expectation of you to make up your mind to be like Daniel. When something comes to you and you think, boy, that's good. Boy, that could really help. Boy, that would be amazing. And yes, we're going to do that because that's the right thing, I think, to do. If you've not made up your mind, if it's from the enemy, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. And you're going to take another step closer to the enemy. And then that next step, and then that next step, and that next step. And before you know it, you're over there thinking, man, how did I get where I got? It's one small step at a time. And the way that that is broken is when you make up your mind. Listen to me. God is looking for a people that is willing to make up their mind. God is waiting for a group of people that says, hey, I don't care what the cost. I'm making up my mind today. I'm making it up today that whatever Jesus says, that's what I'm going to do. And let me tell you what Jesus said. These are the words from Christ given to Paul, from the Holy Spirit given to Paul, that are for us, the body, to help us make up our mind. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone and do not take re revenge. Listen, these are the promises of the kingdom of God. These are the promises 
of us as sons and daughters living in relationship with the Heavenly Father. We do not pick and choose from these. These are the promises of God, and we are called to live in these because these things belong to the kingdom. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, and that life is an abundant life, and the way that you get to abundant life is today by making up your mind. So where have you not made up your mind? What areas of your life have you held on to that you have said, I'm comfortable with hanging on to this, God? If you would just let me keep this and let me live with this, I'll serve you in every other way. Listen, that's having a double mind. And that is not making up your mind. I once heard a uh, uh, an old preacher growing up in southeast Missouri where, I mean, it was hell, fire, and brimstone preaching every single Sunday. I once heard a preacher say, you cannot hang on to everything in your life, or you cannot give God everything in your life and hang on to your checkbook. Someone threw their checkbook at him in that moment. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you can't piecemeal your life to God and hang on to other pieces. Paul said in Romans 12, you are a living sacrifice. Sacrifices don't keep Porsches, portions that are not sacrificed. And what Paul is laying out right here in Romans 12 for us is the way that we have the mind of Daniel in making up our mind that we are going to live wholly, 100% for God himself. Timothy Keller said this, Religious and church people can't see past the church-bound categories in the church, such as the usher, the greeter, the children's worker, the inviter of lost friends, etc., etc. Church and religious people can't see past those categories. But kingdom people, kingdom people have a kingdom vision to think, to drink, to dream, to act, to serve in their neighborhoods with the people that God has placed in their life, in their workplace, and in their community. Religious and church people see the gospel in terms of good news about the afterlife, meaning that you can know that you're going to go to heaven after you die. But kingdom people see the gospel in terms of good news about kingdom life in the right here and the now as well as in the afterlife in heaven. Religious and church people understand discipleship as only having knowledge about the Word of God. But kingdom people understand that discipleship is knowing God intimately and having a relationship with Him that begins in here and is lived out in these principles every single day of our life. Listen, Daniel was not a religious church person. Daniel was a kingdom man. And despite the, the, uh, the issues that were coming to him in life, he had made up his mind that he was not going to rely on his religion. He was not going to rely upon this church talk. He was going to be the person that God had ordained for him. And no matter what the enemy was putting in front of him, he had already made up his mind that he was going to be a person in relationship with God that is a kingdom person standing up for the things of God and that's who God is looking for I'll tell you God is sick and tired of churchy religious people he's sick and tired of it because in religion we can change in one minute 
we're committed to this. And then the next social issue that comes along, we're committed to this. And then there's another issue that comes along and we're committed to this, and we forgot about all of our previous commitments. But in the kingdom, as children of the most high living God, we are living with everyone according to what Paul is saying here. And the first four words is that love must be sincere. And we're not worried about issue after issue after issue when it comes to the church. Kingdom people are worried about the souls that we encounter every single day that are lost and undone and bound by the chains of sin and they're going to hell. And Paul is saying, you are double-minded. You're back and forth and there's this issue and that issue and you're wishy-washy and you're being tossed all around and he's saying, just stop it and make up your mind that you are going through to what God has called you to do. So I ask you, Whitechapel, I ask you, are you ready to make up your mind? Are you ready to press forward with a love that is so sincere, with a commitment that is so deep because our minds are made up that despite what the enemy is offering to us, we're not going to turn to the left, we're not going to turn to the right, and we're not going to go back to the past. We are going to press forward in the things of God because today we made up our mind. Is that the commitment that you're ready to have? Is that what God may be stirring in you? Has the Holy Spirit brought some things to your mind this morning? That you are saying, today I've got to make up my mind. I've got to make up my mind in my house. I've got to make up my mind in my job. I've got to make up my mind in my relationships with others. I've got to make up my mind in this area. I've got to make up my mind in this area. I've got to make, what has the Holy Spirit brought to your mind today? That you have to make up your mind. You have to resolve in your heart. You've got to be determined the way that Daniel was in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. What is the Holy Spirit desiring to say to you? Because Jesus is coming back for a kingdom people. He is not coming back for a religious folk. And kingdom people have made up their mind. So today, are you ready to be kingdom people? Sure, we're going to mess up. Sure, we're going to have problems along the way. Don't you think that Daniel had problems along the way? We see that Daniel was in captivity for about 60-something years. And you think that because in Daniel 1.8, Daniel made up his mind that everything was going to be okay? No, because about 40, 40 years later, he was thrown into the lion's den. But you know what Daniel said? I don't care if you throw me in the lion's den. I don't care what you do to me. I've made up my mind that I'm going to live in a relationship with God. I really believe that our country is getting to a place to where we as followers of Jesus Christ in the future are going to be thrown into the lion's den because of our faith. And if we don't make up our mind, we're going to say, please, don't throw me in the lion's den. I'll, I won't pray. I won't do whatever it is that you're telling me. I'll believe whatever you want. I won't do this. I won't. Please, just don't throw me in the lion's den. And that's why it's important for you to make up your mind today. So are you ready to make up your mind? 
Are you ready to give everything to God so that there is nothing blocking and stopping your relationship with him? I want to share with you one verse, a couple of verses, two verses here from Romans 8 before we live. This is how you do it. It's one thing for me to tell you you need to make up your mind, but I have to tell you how you make up your mind. This is it. Paul said just before Romans 12 in Romans 8 verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. He's writing to believers, the same as us, who believe in Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, you're not in the realm of the flesh. And here's the best part. But you are in the realm of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. It's so important that you get the order of how Paul laid this out. He said, here's how you live. This is the way that I want you to live. You're a living sacrifice. You have to make up your mind to live this way. Before he told them how to live, he said, listen, it's the Spirit, it's Holy Spirit that tells you, and it's the Holy Spirit that guides you. Listen, you cannot live in relationship with Christ on your own strength, power, and wisdom. It doesn't happen. That's the flesh that's saying, oh, I want to eat that meat because I'm hungry and I need that, but I probably shouldn't do it. And our flesh goes back and forth. And Paul says, you're not in the realm of the flesh. When you make up your mind, it's Holy Spirit that is living through you. If we were to take a look at, uh, if we were to go, if we were to go um, Galatians, if we were to go to Galatians and see what Paul was writing to the believers there, he gave them the fruit of the Spirit. And he said, this is, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Now notice what he didn't say. He did not say, this is the fruit of the believer, because we as believers can't make fruit. We can't do that. This is where it says, Paul says in Romans 12, love must be sincere. Listen, in the flesh, love is not sincere. Love is selfish. Listen to what the world is saying. The world says, get all that you can. You're only in it for yourself. That's what the world says. But the fruit of the Spirit, that's the Spirit living in and through you, is the way that you make up your mind. The flesh, we can't do it on our own. It has to be Holy Spirit that empowers you. In Romans 8, 5, this is what Paul says. Then those who live, what? According to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, they have their minds set on what the flesh desires. And this is where we mess up. We want to go in the flesh and say, this is what I need. This is what I want. These, this is, uh, these are the needs that I need to have met in my life. But listen, Paul is saying, I don't want you to live according to the flesh because if you're in a relationship with the Spirit, the Spirit is living in you and through you because you are the temple of the Spirit. You can't live according to the flesh. But when you don't make up your mind, you're back and forth, and you're tossed back and forth like a, a tennis ball at a tennis match. Back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth, and you don't know how to stop it, and the way that you stop it is to step out of the ping pong match, or step out of the tennis match, and say, I'm making up my mind today. I'm not living according to the flesh any longer. I'm going to do what the rest of this verse says. Paul says, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit... Oh, what does he say? Have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Daniel made up his mind. 
Paul is saying, do you want to live like this? Don't live according to the flesh. But let your mind be made up so that it is set on what the Spirit desires. God may not be speaking to you. And you may be wondering, God, what's next for my life? And you keep praying and you keep saying, God, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I think that you may not be hearing from God in some of those areas because you haven't made up your mind. This morning, we have to determine in our hearts. We have to purpose in our hearts. We have to make up our minds today that we're not gonna live according to the flesh any longer. We're not gonna let our needs get in the way of how God has asked us to live. But instead, we are going to have listening hearts and minds that are made up. So at the close of our service this morning, I wanna give you some space to make up your mind. And in making up your mind, you have to realize in walking away from the flesh, it's probably going to cost you some things. I, I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to be dishonest to you. You can find some of those preachers on TV and you can buy their books and they're going to tell you everything is sunshine and roses when you walk in life of the Spirit. But let me tell you, it's not. Do you think it was sunshine and roses when Daniel was standing in Babylon and he did not have food? And they were saying, here, take this food that's been sacrificed to, adult, to idols. And Daniel was saying, nope, I'm not going to do it. Do you think that because he was in the spirit that his, that his stomach quit growling? No, uh-uh. It's hard to live according to the spirit sometimes. It's not all sunshine and roses. There are storms that come. But whenever the storm comes, if you have your mind made up, it's not going to cause you to waver or falter. So as we close our service this morning, I want to give you some space and some time to respond to what the Spirit might be saying to you. I want to give you the opportunity to spend in prayer, listening to what God might be saying to you and responding back to Him, God, I don't know. I don't know for certain every area of my life that you are calling me to give to you and to get out of the flesh and to walk in the spirit. But today I'm making up my mind that I'm giving you my everything. And so whatever you reveal to me in this moment, I'm going to give it up to you. I'm going to give my family up to you this morning. I'm going to give my finances up to you this morning. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my job or I'm going to give you my career. I'm going to give you this or I'm going to, whatever it is that I've got, God, that I need to give up to you. I am making up my mind today that I am giving it all to you and I am going to be, as Paul said, a living sacrifice, holy, committed to you. And so for you, it might look like as we stand and sing to close our service, Maybe you just close your eyes and you just lift your hands and you say, God, I'm tired of living in the flesh and I'm ready to live in the spirit. And I'm ready because today I'm making up my mind that I'm living for you. Or maybe you want to come and you want to kneel at one of these altars or kneel at one of the seats where you're at. And in that moment, make up your mind. Or maybe Holy Spirit has brought something to your mind today that you've been unresolved in your past. 
And so maybe you come and you grab one of these notes that are on these tables that are on the side of the sanctuary. And whatever it is that you're making up your mind in, you put it on that piece of paper and you leave it at Calvary's cross. Because I want you to know this. Jesus came to help you move from the flesh into the spirit. And sometimes we have to take the first step. Well, it's not sometimes, all the time. We have to take the first step of leaving it at Calvary's cross. You think, well, that's just, a, that's just a piece of paper and a pen that I'm writing something on. Yeah, it is. But you know what is a reminder to you? And it is a reminder to the enemy that in that area, you've made up your mind. And nothing can shake you from the resolve, the determination, and the purpose that you have in your heart. Paul said at the beginning of Romans 12, Therefore, I urge you as brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Today is a day of renewing your mind and making a resolve that you're stepping out of the flesh and making up your mind to live in the Spirit. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.